This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is Tuesday, March 8th, 2029. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to snow like... It's going to dump on your face. Defecation style. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be an amazing... Wow, we just did that. Uh, It's going to be an amazing day of snow and blustery conditions throughout the Wasatch region. Yeah. Snowpocalypse. Anyway, the point is, it's going to snow a lot today, so uh, just cut up next to the fire with the Monty Show and hit subscribe because we are giving away a PlayStation Cinco, baby. That's uh, Italian for PlayStation 5 yeah. and stuff. Um, we're giving that away when we get to 5,000 subscribers, which we are rocket shipping towards. Um, really appreciate you guys uh, supporting the show and, uh, you know, getting on board with the subscriber count. Um, currently, we are at uh, 3,479. There you go. 200 in the last 10 days. There you go. That's crazy. Pumping it out. Appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, also, please make sure that you um, patronize our Amazon Essentials links, which are uh, below in the description on this podcast and on YouTube. Uh, and thank you to everybody on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, uh, iTunes for listening to the show. You guys are doing a great job supporting us. We really appreciate all of that. And with further, without further ado, ado, why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media, The Monty Show, M O N T Y, The Monty Show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Jake is S L C Supercars. Okay, so we talked a lot about. The Utah Jazz last night on the show, yesterday on the show. Right. Last right. night they go to uh, Dallas and they dropped a dud. This is a code tenable. Um, they fought hard. They stayed in the game late, but they did just simply did not play well. The Dallas Mavericks pick and rolled the Utah Jazz to death last night, Jake. And the question is, at what point does this team adjust? Yeah, I think it, it, it comes down to Quinn Snyder being cold-blooded about about the starters and and putting guys in who can actually make a difference. And and I and I want to be really clear on this. I I don't want it, this to be taken as Rudy didn't have a good game or Rudy didn't play well because I thought he did play well. I thought he did everything that he could do. But the problem is, is you can't teach foot speed. You can't teach. You can't teach the ability to guard the perimeter. And after the pr- last matchup, before last night, the previous matchup, uh, Jazz fans and everybody was all hyped about the fact that, you know, Rudy Gobert was able to hold down Luka one-on-one and, and you know, Rudy's the Jesus Christ of NBA defenders. And great, that's awesome. But what happened last night? At the core of the issues last night, Luka made an adjustment. And I want to come right out and say I'm not a Luka guy. I think he's petty. I think that the, the the diving and the flopping and and the antics in the game are are childish at best. However, the guy can get buckets. The guy knows how to score. And and he made a big time adjustment last night, which is, hey, we're going to pick and roll this team to death to get Rudy Gobert away from the basket. 
and I'm going to abuse this matchup. And that's exactly what he did. And that's through no fault of Rudy's. You know, Rudy is doing everything that he can do to play the absolute best one-on-one defense on the three-point line that he can. This is not a Rudy Gobert has problems. This is a, hey, this team and this roster uh, is very easy to exploit. And I'm telling you, against good teams, this is the blueprint. You're going to pick and roll them. You're going to get Rudy away from the paint, and then you're going to survey the floor and consider your options based on you know what you have available to you. So like for Luca, you've got you've got a guy in Powell who is kind of a, a a hybrid big, really. He's not a traditional center; he's more of a four, if we're being honest. But he can really move without the ball, and he understands how to you know open up passing lanes for Luca. So what did you see last night? You know, you saw a lot of. A lot of pick and roll, a lot of lob city to Dwight. Like, there was a lot of opportunity for him. You know, you also see the Mavericks putting an emphasis on breaking the paint and swinging the ball, right? I'm going to drive the paint. I'm going to kick to the corner, but then I'm going to swing the ball again. I'm going to reverse it. And it's just chaos for the Jazz on defense. So, at what point will they make an adjustment? I'm not quite sure what the adjustment is. I mean, there's definitely a case to be made for Eric Pascal, and we're going to get into that. You know, I think there's definitely a case to be made for, um, you know, the fact that Hassan Whiteside just seemingly wasn't in the mood to play basketball last night. So Again. if you're Quinn Snyder, I don't know where you go here. And and, and I'm not going to sit here and let everybody rip Quinn and say, well, you know, he should have played a bunch of different guys. He should have played one, one other guy last night, and that was Eric Paschal. He played everybody. So I don't know what the true adjustment is for this team because they don't have another obvious option. Because the truth is, even if you did play Eric Pascal, there are downsides to that too. So it's really, you're you're just picking your poison. That's the problem here. So, you know, I, I think overall, you know, you knew that this was going to be a tough game. And I'm sure we're going to get comments about how, oh, well, they were tired and it was the last game of a road trip. I don't really care, dude. I don't care. The fatigue thing is not an excuse to me. You knew what you were getting into. You know, Mike Conley wasn't tired last night, by the way, right? They rested Mike Conley against OKC. He didn't play. So at least he was ready to go. So I, I just think that last night you didn't execute at a really high level. You didn't play even anywhere near close to your best basketball, and they made you pay for that. At one point you were down, I think, 17 or whatever it was. You were getting dominated. So 23. 23, you know, so that's just – yeah, it was it was definitely frustrating to watch that game last night if you're a Utah Jazz fan. Well, and I think the hard part for Jazz fans continues to be the the inability to defend or compete against small ball lineups and the lack of adjustments inside of that. And and for me, I I'm I understand it. I I would be fine and I would not be sitting here this morning on the show complaining about the lack of adjustments if as you said, Jake, Eric Pascal played 35 seconds last night. If he had gotten any any opportunity to bust those screens um, that Luka Doncic so easily exploited um, throughout the entire game, I mean, you look at the very first basket in this game uh, that Dallas scored. It's a broken pick and roll play. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at at some of the issues that this team had on defense last night with Dallas's switching. And it's just befuddling that here we are for the third straight day talking about a lack of of adjustment by the Utah Jazz. And I I just wonder and I and maybe that's the question of the show today, when do the Utah Jazz make an adjustment in in the switching and the pick and roll dynamic to help Rudy Gobert be in a better position? Because you can't simply just take Rudy off the floor. 
he means too much to you defensively, and you saw that with block shots and shot changes last night. But on the flip side of that, are you getting more damage done to you by leaving Rudy in those situations to be exploited in the pick and roll? I think that's the hard question that Jazz have to ask. Because for the 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 Dallas Mavericks, it was very clear you were going to play Powell and then you were immediately going to go small ball. Yeah. And you were able to do that with guys like Davis Bertans. You were able to do that by bringing in a number of, of power forward type guys that were only in the game to force Rudy Gobert out of the paint. And then what did you see? You saw guys going to the basket. You saw Luka Doncic break the paint, kick to the corner, and you got wide open looks. I think you saw a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie really have a lot of opportunities to in, impact this game, and boy, did he. It's frustrating because Dallas did whatever they wanted to do and the Jazz mm -hmm. seemingly had no answer. Mm -hmm. And to your point, some of this was that you were playing four and five and this was a back-to-back, -back, but a lot of this was what on earth were you doing going to overtime in Houston? Yes. What on earth were you doing getting boat raced by New Orleans? Yes. Why did Quinn Snyder not throw in the towel against New Orleans and play the young guys for most of the fourth quarter? I don't know. I, I don't know. What were you doing in a very tight game against Oklahoma City the other night? I don't know. Well, what you were doing was burning energy in minutes that came back to haunt you with mental mistakes last night. Yep. Where did... Where did Boyan Bogdanovich go in the second half of this game? Because he came out and he had at least 10 in the first quarter. Yeah. Where did he go? Because he seemingly just disappeared off the radar. Why was Mike Conley not playing in the, the most of the second half last night? Yeah, why was he not playing a, a heavier workload, being rested? like Being off on Sunday, it's a little surprising uh, that, that they were not playing more Mike Conley in this game. And... These are all questions that I would I would love to have answers to. Yeah. Because fundamentally, this Jazz team is flawed. But if you're not going to adjust to address those flaws, you're you're just going to continue to get exploited. Yeah, and the, and to be clear, the flaw is not so terrible that they they can't beat teams like Dallas. It but it but what it does is it requires you to play your best basketball. You can't have the drive into the paint turnover for Donovan, Clarkson, uh, you know, Rudy. Like, like everybody was seemingly in the paint and, like, just lost the ball last night. It happened, like, five, six times, you know. You can't have, you know, the, 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 the frustration for Donovan Mitchell boil over to a point where he's got, like, 11 points going to the half. Like, I'm not saying the guy's got to have 30 at halftime, but – but, I mean, this is somebody who who typically is going to have 20 points at the half. I mean, that's what we've come to expect out of Donovan Mitchell. And those 20 points, the way he goes about scoring those, at least keeps you within striking distance in this game. And that's what was kind of surprising to me, specifically with Donovan last night, is that he mentally, and, and maybe, to your point, maybe it is fatigue. I, I, I don't really know. But what I do know is that as the leader of the team, you can't allow yourself to to get to a place where you're frustrated and just not playing good basketball. You know, you, you can't have that. And, and, and this is kind of what I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks as far as growth is concerned. You know, you look at as much as LeBron is criticized, as much as, you know, the Kyries and the Durants and, and you know, any superstar in the league is criticized, the one thing that you don't typically see them do 
is lose their wig out on the floor and start turning it over and just playing piss poor basketball, you know, and I felt like we saw that a little bit last night. And, and so that to me was kind of telling as to where the team is at, you know, cause you saw little things. Like if you watch the game front to back, you saw little things like with Rudy being frustrated or, you know, just moments. And, and that's where I feel like this team and playing the overtime games and really struggling to beat these bad teams. Like, that's where that comes back to get you. The patience, the leash with how much patience these guys have to deal with Luca's BS and, and everything going on last night clearly was not long. And I, while I understand that, I think it's this team's responsibility to, you know, to, to improve in that area. Like, this was a playoff game, man. This was a, hey, this is a really important game for us. Because now you're talking about changing. Do you have the standings up by chance? Yeah. Because you're talking about changing now the seeding now because they're one game behind you now, or is it a half game? Uh, it's a half game half behind game. you. And the West is, 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 I mean, everybody's tightening up. I mean, you look at Cleveland, um, that Cleveland up to Miami in the East, that's tight. But if you look at what's going on in the West, um, you're starting to see that um, the jazz are jazz and Mavs both have 40 wins. The nuggets now with their win last night have 39 um, and the Timberwolves, who are in the play-in tournament at seven, have 37. Um, so you the Timberwolves are, are in striking distance, but yes. the teams you should be worried about are Dallas and Denver. I think Dallas. I think Dallas and Denver are real threats to you, and, and because now you're you're two and a half and three games behind Golden State and Memphis, and it just feels like it feels like Memphis and Phoenix are unreachable. Um, certainly, Phoenix is unreachable, but yeah. I I think the way that the way that Minnesota's playing right now, and I, I feel like I say this every day, you're probably tired of hearing it, but Minnesota's legit. I mean, they torched a pretty game Portland team last night. I'm going to say this again. And I, I'm telling you, I just look at these standings and I look at what the, the Jazz have in front of them. Um, I look at what Dallas has in front of them right now. Like, the Jazz have a very difficult schedule. I think we all know that. Right. Um, especially over the next 10 days. You, right. You don't have two days off at all, but – you look at the you look at the Dallas schedule and you start to understand that at 40 and 25 this team has a chance to win uh 50 games now uh because their their road trip coming up is a real ball breaker it's New York at home then it's at Houston at Boston at Brooklyn at Philly at Charlotte home for Minnesota home for Houston at Minnesota home for uh, Utah on March 27th, which now becomes a huge, huge game. game. And then it's the Lakers, Cleveland, Washington, Milwaukee, Detroit, Portland, San Jesus. Antonio. That's a crazy schedule. So they're going to have a tough time getting to 50 games. So I'm telling you right now, I think the number for the Jazz has got to be 51-52. Yeah. Um, which means you've got 11 games left here. And if you just do some math, I think Dallas will get to 50 wins. So my feeling is 51-52 is, you is what you're going to need because yeah. I think when you, when you look at um, the way that the Jazz are playing, I don't know who's going to show up on a nightly basis. And that's the problem. The reliability of that is, is in question. And I think that – I mean, I think we can all say that Don's good for 25 a night. I mean, that we see that all the time out but of But it like, can't be where he scores 17 like he did last night and Bogey scores 21. Yeah. And nobody else really gives you any. Rudy Gobert really had a difficult game last night. 
Like, I mean, to only have three offensive rebounds for what I think is the best offensive rebounder in the NBA and Rudy Gobert, yeah. it tells you the depth of struggle um, that this team had. And I, I think when you look at the schedule coming up, you know, you would think tomorrow night it's a national TV game on ESPN, um, home for Portland, you would think you would win that game. But you're at San Antonio. Then you have three games coming to town. Sacramento, Milwaukee, and Chicago that are just really difficult. Yeah, Milwaukee and Chicago are not. Chicago's not playing great basketball I think they, right now, I think, but they're still not a gimme. As far as the Bulls go, I think we've, we 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 right, have right. lost five games in a row. Vucevic is hurt right now. When is he not hurt? When is he not? So, But the problem is if you play Derrick Jones Jr. at center against the Jazz, that helps you. That doesn't hurt you. Wow. Because they it's play. trade-off. The Bulls are a very small team. The yeah. Bulls are not a big team. And, you know, if you if you play him and Thompson um, at center, you know, I would think Thompson would play less against the Jazz and Jones would play more. I think they would, the Bulls love to get out and run with, with – Yes, they do. You know, with Kobe White, Io DeSumo, you know, those guys. Derek Jones. <laughs> Derek Jones. You know, that dunk he had the other night was – but anyway – you look at what the what the Jazz have left. I can this team get to ten more wins? Portland at San Antonio versus Sacramento. That should be three wins. Right. Milwaukee, Chicago, the LA Clippers at home. I don't like the Milwaukee game at all. I think I think Milwaukee is a better team. I do. I just do. And I think, you know, I yeah. I, I, I mean, yes, they did struggle to beat the Phoenix Suns who don't have Book or C P three right now, but I just think that Milwaukee's better. And that's no slight to the Jazz. I just I just think they're a better team. I do. So I would I would categorize that as a loss. The Milwaukee Bucks are they play well in the mid range. Um I would call that a loss. They should beat the Bulls and the Clippers at home, frankly. No, um, I don't think the Clippers is a gimme, dude. I don't think the Clippers is a gimme. at, at at Vivint, they should Reggie, win that game. Reg, dude, Reggie is playing. Like, he's good for 35 right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't disagree with you. Um, you know, And I, that I, team scares me because you've got Paul George will come back. I'm not saying for this game against the Jazz, but Paul George will come back. He'll be fresh. Like, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. You know, I, I just I, – I think that's it's one of these things where – I think the Jazz can get to 51-52 cuz I think they beat the Clippers at home. The question is that long road trip. They have the same trip that the Mavs have, which is at New York, Brooklyn, Boston, Charlotte, Dallas, the Clippers. How many games on that trip are you going to win? And that's going to determine that's going to determine the 4-5 matchup in my opinion. And yeah. I I think the Jazz are quality enough that you you can beat the Knicks on the road. Yes. Um, Donovan loves playing at Madison Square Garden. Ooh, take it easy. I know that's a sore spot. <laughs> um, Brooklyn is very beatable. Let's is Ben Simmons. Yeah, gonna you want to you want to talk about a, a different team on a nightly basis? Jesus. Well, is Brooklyn? I mean, that game is only what now ten days away, twelve days away. Is is Ben Simmons going to be playing? I mean, I would think, but I don't know. It's a big dude. question. Who knows? Um. You know, so those are all questions. I think the Jazz have have every chance to to win 50, 51 games. Yeah, it's going to be a matter of who wins games they shouldn't win or aren't supposed to win on the road, like the Bostons of the world, like New Orleans. Boston is, yeah, you can't go to New Orleans and lose. Yeah, Boston is playing out of their mind. I, you have to stay in the four spot. Yeah, it's not optional. You, you drop to. to the five or six spot, you're in real trouble here. Uh, Derek Gray says it's an 82 game season. You will lose some games, but you guys continue to beat the same dead horse. It's kind of funny seeing as how you guys keep losing viewers. 
I'm not really sure. So we're losing. So let's see. Our watch time and numbers are at an all-time high. Our subscriber numbers are at an all-time high. 200 in the last 10 days, and we're losing viewers? And we're losing viewers. It's kind of funny that it's kind of funny that that's the first time I think you've ever commented too, isn't it? No, oh no, Derek is a long time negative. You guys suck. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you're okay. terrible. Well, then, this show's then what terrible. Are we surprised about it's awful. You're at the least, worst. I mean, hey, at least he's a little more consistent, right? Yeah, you know, all I, and and Derek is also the guy who has no jazz takes. Right. He, he doesn't. Derek is one of those guys that'll come in and and you guys are terrible, but I don't have any opinions and I don't want to talk about the jazz because yeah. you can't. Because you have no idea what you're talking about. Well, it's, no, it's not even that, but you can't say that we're wrong. Yeah. So, again, and if I, we we freely welcome open conversation on the show, we have it every day in the comments section. Yep. So I just ask you, what, if, what are we wrong about today? What is it that we are, you know, what is it that we are? Educate us. Learn us. Help us. What are we missing? Yeah. Tell us what we're missing. Like, yep. I think we, we – Talk about the Jazz on a daily basis on this show. La yesterday, what did you say about, about Powell? What did you say that he was going to do? I said that Dwight Powell was a volleyball player who's going to jump out of the gym, and they're going to run him in pick and roll and throw lobs to him, which is exactly what, exactly they, did. what they did. Exactly and what we, they did. I, listen, the, the, this game was not hard to forecast. No. It's the Dallas Mavericks were looking for revenge. You're in Dallas. The home team has won six straight games in this series. They're going to pick and roll you to death. They're going to pull Rudy away from the basket. That's what every team's going to do now. Yep. Every game down the stretch from in March and April matters to every team you're playing. Yep. Sacramento is a desperate team. I mean, absolutely. Sabonis versus Rudy Gobert. Good luck. Sacramento is absolutely desperate. They they That's a team that has stated the goal of making the playoffs this year. Yeah. No matter what, whether it's the play-in tournament or not. And right now... They're outside the play-in tournament um, by three and a half, by four and a half games. They're going to do everything they can do to win games. Yeah. And they're a very heavy pick-and-roll team with a very fast point guard in De'Aaron Fox. And a quality center in Sabonis. So I can play. I look at the Spurs who you're playing. The Spurs are just two and a half games out of a playoff spot. I look at the Portland Trailblazers who you're playing tomorrow night. They're two games out of a playoff spot. You need to go in – like. And this is the Oklahoma City story. You need to beat them by 30. Yeah. You need to prove a point. Let them know you're not winning this game. This game's over tonight, Portland. You're going to come in here. We're going to be up 15 at the end of the first quarter, and you're going to start the bus. You're going to warm it up. We're going to have nice hot showers for you in the locker room waiting for you, and you can get your ass onto the trail. Yeah. Because you're not winning tonight. Yeah. That's what needs to happen tomorrow night. Will it? I don't know. I would think so. I would think the Jazz would come out and – they would have a very they will have a restful day of film and discussion today. I can't believe that you would do much more than shoot around. Yeah. And then you're going to go home and go to bed. Or you should. You should go home and go to bed. Cuz that's what this team needs right now is is a blow. They need rest. So, it is what it is. Um James Knight says, "What's up guys? James, good to see you. Hack Podcaster says, "Good morning." Giggity says, "How's it going, fellas?" Pretty good. Uh, you know, we're hemorrhaging followers and views. Hey guys. According to Derek Gray. So, yeah, can you guys? You yeah. know, we're 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 super desperate. So you know, if we could, we could we could you start a GoFundMe? That way we can start paying you guys for you know for viewers and everything. I mean, we're just that desperate. Yeah. So you know, uh, Mr. E's just a hack. Yeah, Mr. E says good morning. It's summer yet, and Ainge broke this team already. Ainge hasn't even put his thumbprint yeah. on this team. Yeah. 
Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. Jazz didn't step up. No excuses. You don't think you're going to be tired in the playoffs uh, with everything being more physical. I mean, you're and, – and by the way, the reason that the best teams excel in situations like this is because you – you need to be able to execute when you're exhausted. It is half-court basketball. Everybody's tired. It's yeah. who is mentally stronger and more prepared to make the plays they need to make. And by the way, and again, call me negative, Nancy, if you want to, but I want you to consider this. When when a basketball player is tired, when their mind is tired, their body is tired, do we really think that the three ball is the best shot that, that they should be taking in that particular situation? Probably not, right? So that's why I, I'm so hesitant to be in favor of this 3 and D style that they play because I think the greatest players of all time notice that the mid-range is where they go when, when, they're, when they're exhausted. Yeah. They're not shooting 30-footers. They can't do it. You got to get to your spots closer to the basket. Yeah. Josh Levering, coach, good morning, says uh, Derek Gray forgot it was opposite day. And are we sure the Jazz won't have issues with the Pelicans? Well, they did. They lost by 8,700 points to the Pelicans the other night. Mm -hmm. Ever since CJ joined the team, they have played at another level. They have. And Keep it's un it real. Yeah, it's unlocked. It really is un unlocked Brandon Ingram. Like, I just – I've always been an Ingram fan. I think B.I. is an incredible player. He's been a slow bloomer for sure. But the last three years, he's been he's been a top-tier performer. He's just never going to be a superstar because of his personality and demeanor, and he plays in New Orleans. Um, so there's not ever going to be a lot of eyes on on those TV sets. Uh, Frank Orion says, good morning. What's up? Hi, everyone. Hello. Uh, Conley is proving to be the mo one of the most overpaid players, Frank H. says. I'm worried about his health. I don't know if there's an issue there or – I, I'm really surprised he was not in this game last night. Well, but there was a play last night where he kind of came up a little gimpy. And not not to say that he was super, like, limping terribly, but you could see that he was he was feeling it a little bit. And then they took him out and he didn't return. So, I don't know, man. I think I, I just – I maintain since the – before they re-signed him to the, to, the, to the deal that it was too risky. His yeah. health is just I, – I love the guy when he's at his best, but – his health is just too much to be paying him that much. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, Jesus Christ destroys communism. <laughs> Thank God Utah had beaten the Mavs twice earlier this season. But yes, I agree. Eric Pasco and Daniel House and Trent and even Butler all can make a difference. Um, Coach Quinn's not using his bench. The Jazz very likely gets swept in the first round if Coach Quinn doesn't fix the inconsistent play. God bless. But I, I don't – you're not going to play – at this point, Butler's not going to play. Yeah. I mean, it's March. But I think it's, it's a March great 8th. point. I think it's a great point what he said there. Hey, thank God you beat Dallas twice earlier in the year. You're damn right. You're damn right. Because if you had lost both of those games, we'd be having a different conversation right now. You would be in the fifth seed for sure. Yeah, you need home court advantage. It, 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 you want home court advantage. This league is proving you don't need it to win. You want home court advantage, yeah. especially against Luka, I think. Uh, and Garcy says, morning, cock blockers. What's up, and Garcy? What's up, buddy? Uh, Abley says, morning, guys. Today we see exactly what the Jazz are in full display. Donovan is not a superstar. Egotistic play, no rotation, no bench play, street ball, and horrible defense. Um, I mean, okay, first uh, of all, that's a very negative take, first of all, but just that, generally that's what, speaking. Isn't that what we do? No. Okay. Um, I don't think yeah. it's street ball. I think, and I tweeted this during the game last night, I, you have to run offense. 
And I don't understand why when you get into very difficult situations on this team, you simply don't run sets. You just play iso ball. And that's never made a lot of sense to me. You're, you're giving Rudy Gobert the opportunity at the top of the key last night. And no matter what you think of Rudy Gobert, you love the guy, you hate the guy, whatever it is. In no situation would you agree that you should give him the ball at the free throw line and ask him to dribble left or right or at all. Yeah. He gets the ball, tries to dribble into the paint, and he gets stripped. It turns into a dunk the other way for the Dallas Mavericks. Yep. So you're asking yourself, okay, well, why are we doing that? Well, I don't know why you're doing that. Well, and, I, and I think and, that's a product of the fact that they don't run offense, right? It's this whole thing where it's just pick and roll, and good teams seem to be able to kind of dictate to the Jazz where that screen's going to be set. So that play happened to just be at the free throw line, and they kind of got caught in an awkward situation. It is kind of surprising that there's no no sets. There's no, like, especially for a team who is – you know, with all due respect, is rather limited in, in, with their roster. I mean, you would think that, like, you would think as an example that there would be a set where, where you know, Rudy would set a down screen for Donovan to get him open, head to the top of the key in a, in a particular matchup so the defense would have to switch. Or you would think that there would be a set for Bogdanovich to get a wide open corner look for three or something. You know, putting your guys in an advantageous position, you know. But we don't really yeah. see that. All it is is, hey, let's walk it up. Let's set a pick and let's go from there. I mean, that's honestly what it is. And, and to be honest, like that's not that's not hard to defend in the league. It's even easier to defend when your big doesn't have a jump shot. You know, when you don't have to respect the little elbow, you know, 15 footer, you know. So I, I, I just think that's really tough for sure. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that even. I don't know what change you could make. I mean, again, we sit here and we talk about those things. Yeah. And I, I'm sitting here asking myself, okay, well, what, where is the adjustment going to come from? I, the roster is incredibly limited. This roster is not better. It, it, you haven't improved the roster. I, th in fact, you've declined the roster. And I never thought I would say this, but George Niang, you miss his contribution now. Mm -hmm. You miss Joe Ingles' contribution if he was going to be the guy he was a year and a half ago. But. You're not playing Eric Paschal, so you haven't replaced George Niang. Rudy Gay has been somewhat of a disappointment because he's been injured and you really haven't gotten production out of him. And last night was one of his better performances. Yeah, and it, it's the thing that Rudy Gay has brought you is veteran presence and leadership, but that hasn't manifested into more wins. Yeah. And so the hard part for me watching this Jazz team is what's the adjustment you're going to make? How do you, t you, you can't just simply take Rudy Gobert off the floor because who's going to run that pick and roll at the top? Hassan Whiteside is soft. Yeah. And his attitude sucks on most nights. So I can't have Hassan Whiteside at the top of the paint setting a pick and roll because he's not going to do it effectively. I can't take Rudy Gobert out because I need a rim protector. And need and I think you make a great point. And you need all those screens that he sets. Illegal yeah. or not, they're good screens. Yeah, you know, who cares they really if help they're you. illegal? You know? Yeah, and you know what, Steve? 99% of his screens are illegal, but not unless they call but, them. And, and this is my thing. For all the people, and again, I, you know, I'm not trying to be mean about it, but for all the people who say that we hate on Gobert, hey, I don't really care if his screens are illegal. No, no cop, no stop, right? If they're not going to call it, keep doing it because you're going to get Donovan a better look, and that's ultimately what you're trying to do. And you're just losing the basics here. That's the other thing that's a little disappointing about this team is 
you're losing the emotional battle. Like, you know, I, Tanner Plummer tweeted a, a video at me where Rudy Gobert blew a kiss to Luka Doncic at the end of the first half when Luka was being a tough guy. Yeah. Rudy Gobert blows him a kiss, and Luka comes out and just continues to torch him in the second Abusing half. Abusing him, dude. And, I, and I'm just like, where is your mentality? And you talked about, about Donovan having to mature. I agree. He got frustrated. Donovan, you know, is, is it, it, we talk a lot about, and I think it's Angarsi who calls him no D. Donovan, no D Mitchell. Yeah. He played really good defense last night, but there are two plays where I just don't know where he was going. Like, and it's because you're tired. Yeah. I look at Mike Conley, unable to play. I look at, you know, at the, they were talking about that Rudy Gobert may have had a setback with this calf. You know, Holly Rowe last night talking about, hey, there, you know, he may, this calf is bothering Rudy again. Is that a hometown broadcaster making an excuse or like, I just don't know where you're going to go from here. Yeah. The all-star break is past. There's no rest coming. You're playing every day, every other day, essentially for the rest of the year. There's, I think there's only one other two day break for this jazz team. So I just don't know where the respite or the recovery or the adjustment comes. Yeah. You could see over the all-star break that they wanted to um, put in zone defense. And it just it, – it went horribly wrong against New Orleans. Well, and it, the thing you that's know? interesting about zone is I actually think that that's not a terrible idea. Like, in, like if you think about it, what are we sitting here talking about? We're sitting here talking about that that when the Jazz are playing defense, the, the whoever they're playing is scheming to get Rudy out of the paint. That dynamic does not exist when you play zone defense. That's not how zone defense works. Rudy yeah. is basically just going to patrol the paint. That's that That would be – the whole point of playing zone. The problem for this team in zone is that zone requires you to be very athletic. You have to cover ground quickly. You have to be mentally as a team all on the same page. So when Bogey gets beat by half a step on the wing and Rudy's on the weak side, on the other side of the paint, he's not going to be able to make up that ground you know, quickly enough to be able to make a difference. Well, and you have to be really – you have to operate at a very high level to play a zone at, in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, you, like you all have to be thinking the exact same thing and that's not, not going to happen now. Uh, Gabe Ledley says, my dudes, five days until Maui. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Wow. Let's go. Five days until Maui. Let's go. Gabe, my man. Um, yes! Mama's fish house. Road to Hana. Road to Hana. The Nakalele blowhole up north. You know, Kanapali. I stay Kanapali when I go to Maui. Highly recommend if you can going to Roots Chris on Maui. It is phenomenal. Yes, Roots Chris Steakhouse is one. That's the highest rated Roots Chris in the country. Um, I mean, there's just all kinds of food, fun, fishing, you know, ocean pools. Like yes, yeah. If you if you need any recommendations, you need anything, please do not hesitate to reach out, Gabe. And Garcy says, not Rudy's fault if he's getting burned over and over. It's Quinn and his total lack of adjustments. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but, but but lack of adjustments. Let's address that. What adjustment is there to make? That's the tough thing. I think you have to play Eric Pascal more. I think, you know what? I also think I wonder about your ability to play Pascal and Rudy Gobert together. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty stout rim defense right there. That's the question is, who's going to come off the floor for that? Um, I would, I would be willing to take Royce off the floor for that. I would, if, if, I would us, if Mike Conley's on the floor with those two, Royce is the guy that's off the floor. But if, if, if it's Don Bogey 
Rudy, Rudy. Eric Paschal, who's the fifth guy? Well, you have probably options. Probably Daniel House. It's probably Daniel House. And I think that lineup gives you options. But I'm telling you that this and, – and I don't know. Again, we're, we don't have media credentials. We don't mm-hmm. get to experience a team in person. However, there's no good reason, at least to me, based on how much we watch this team and talk about it, there's no good reason as to why Eric Pascal is not playing basketball right now. There's no good reason. There's no good reason why after shoot around his warmups never come off. There's no reason, you know, like again, what would it look like last night? If Eric Pascal was the one getting switched on to Luca, could we at least agree that he would be able to force Luca to drive just at a minimum? Maybe Luca still scores. Maybe, you know, he still puts up 35 and 16, but at least you made his life more difficult. At least you could have been more physical with him, you know? It gives you a better opportunity to 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 put him in tough positions. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it is a Jared Butler. I get okay. This is a young guy. You're in the final stretch of the postseason. His time to play is over. It, it's just it's just simply not going to happen. Yeah, and I I think that's why you know when we talk about seeding matters or or what have you. I mean, obviously you'd love to be the one seed so that you can you know have home court advantage. But the matchup is the there's the real issue here. You're trying to avoid going out in the first round of the playoffs. And yes, it, don't buy into the hype. You know, I think we've done a pretty good job of keeping up with the Donovan Mitchell stuff. Mm-hmm. If they go out in the first round, he's not demanding a trade. I, I mean, I just would that would really surprise me. I is think a possible? lot of teams will call though. Is it possible? Yes, but I I think well, I actually don't think a lot of teams would call. I think the New York Knicks are calling. I think as we reported, the the Knicks called at the at the trade deadline, and the Jazz said unequivocally, "That's not we're not doing that right now." Um, I think when you look at the other teams that would even be in that conversation, I don't know that Donovan would go to many other teams. Right. Um, I think the Miami Heat have no roster spot for him. They have him in duplicate. Um, I think he's a guy that that knows where he wants to play, and that's New York. And I think he wants to play at the Garden at some point in his career. I don't believe that a first-round exit expedites that. He's under contract here. He just signed a, uh, an extension. I think, again, I will just reiterate because I see see a comment and I see it on Twitter all the time. From what we've been told by both NBA sources and our guys at the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell has never asked to be traded. Right. The Utah Jazz have told Donovan Mitchell directly, we're going to build this team around you and we're going to sell out every way that we can to win a championship. If that's rebranding and we're going to add new uniforms, whatever it is, the, even if the uniforms suck and the color schemes are terrible, which is a conversation to be had, mm-hmm. um, you, we're going to do everything we can do. I maintain what I've said about this team in the offseason. They're going to try and trade Rudy Gobert. They're going to completely remake this roster in the offseason. Yeah. Because that's when these caliber of deals gets done. I under no way, shape, or form believe that Donovan Mitchell will be a Nick a year from now. Yeah. I just don't think that happens. And there's no way for him to make that happen. Um, you know, his, his the people around him, um, nobody has has told the Jazz that he wants out. This this crap about I'm too big for Salt Lake City is complete. The biggest issue with Donovan Mitchell in Salt Lake City is that the community doesn't embrace his activism. Yeah. That's the single biggest reason he would leave here. 
because he he got shelled for trying to work in the inner city here. And I also think that this this, you know, complete nonsense about, um, you know, the scholarship situation with the jazz and serving underprivileged kids in our community. And, you know, essentially a bunch of white people getting upset that their well-to-do children didn't have access to scholarships through the Utah Jazz <laughs> is the reason that Donovan Mitchell will leave. So would he like to win a championship? Yeah, I think he'd like – I know he'd like to win multiple championships. But he's not leaving because they're going out in the first round this year if they do. Yeah. Because I'm not convinced they will. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I think that's really important Yeah. to say that. Um, let's see. Caleb. Good morning to you. West is wide open this year. Definitely want to have home court advantage this year. Offense was looking kind of predictable last night. We need a guy off the bench to give us a spark beside Clarkson. And I don't know who that is because that's not even Eric Pascal. That's supposed well, to be I Rudy think, Gay. I think, well, uh, I agree with that. But I think Eric Pascal had done a little bit of that for you. He's not the guy that's going to come off and give you 20 off the bench. He's not going to do that. But but what he can do is he can he can, you know, commit a hard foul. He can... He can turn a guy over in the paint. He can get that block. He can lock somebody up. He can he can create energy that way. And I think that he actually has shown the ability to knock down the corner three from time to time. He's not going to be Bogdanovich efficient from three, but, you know, he, he does have the ability to make that three, you know, three times a game maybe. I mean, that's valuable in, in today's NBA, especially when you combine that with his defensive contribution. So I just think that Pascal offers you – options at a minimum he offers you options which is better than nothing off the bench yeah I I think the question is what do you need off the bench I think you need I think Jordan Clarkson when he's great he's exactly what you need he is and I love that he is getting into the paint and not turning the ball over I think that's a real critical adjustment for him he needs to be in the paint and scoring and I think we saw some of that from Jordan last night yeah but I agree with Caleb 100%. I just don't see another guy that's going to come off that's going to give you um, the kind of production that you're after. Yeah. I, I, I don't see that. Um, James says, we're seeing effort-based uh, deficiency in Jordan Clarkson and Hassan Whiteside. I think Jordan makes an incredible effort. I think he tries to perform beyond his ability. Mm -hmm. And that gets you in trouble. Jordan Clarkson... I don't know that he's ever going to be a diligent passer. In fact, I, I know he won't be a diligent passer. But I think what he tries to do is shoot really difficult high-level threes, and I think he tries to score in impossible situations in the paint. Um, you know, I, I, look, I, look at, I look at Hassan Whiteside, and he's everything that everybody said he was. He is a malcontent, he has a bad attitude, and his effort wanes. Yeah. When they lose, he doesn't play well. When they're winning, he's all about it. And that's just not being a professional. So, James, I don't disagree with you at all. Rudy and Vanessa Hernandez. Okay. Um, it's interesting to me that people share. Like, I went to high school with a couple that wound up getting married, and they share a Facebook page. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, Rudy and Vanessa said, did Jazz not do post-game interviews last night? You can't find him. We've talked about this a lot. The Jazz, <laughs> the jazz have one of the worst – multimedia presentations in the league like they're they need an app where i can get post-game videos and exclusive locker room content after games and shoot arounds every single game that's what they need every single day and why they don't have it i don't know and why they don't pay a videographer to follow them 
And why, why do we not get regular media availability? Sometimes we do. A lot of times we don't. Um, why are there not media members filming interviews after games? Why are there not one-on-ones after games? Okay, well, COVID, travel. Well, a lot of the media is traveling with the team. Yeah. Um, like, you, it's just, it's unacceptable to struggle to find accountability with this team. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Caleb says, Coach Q got to be stressed finding ways to stop Luca when they bring Rudy out of the paint. Well, thank you. Thank you. The pick and roll, the switches from that have Rudy Gobert on Luka Doncic, stop switching that stuff. Yeah, it can't keep happening. Stop switching that stuff. You just you got to stop switching that stuff. Has to happen. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, hi, did the Jazz play last night? No, I think they – well, I mean, there was a game. They just took the night off, though. Yeah. Uh, Quinn's adjustment is to sit Rudy. Can't sit him. Uh, I'd take Royce and Buckets off the floor for Pascal. Thank you. Adjust to a different coach, Eric and Raleigh says. Yes. Wow. <laughs> The problem is, how many elite coaches are there in the NBA? There's not a lot. But again, it's but who easy are, who, to say. Wait, wait. Who are the elite coaches in the NBA? In the West, um, I certainly would say Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr's the best coach Steve in the Kerr, NBA. Steve Kerr, Monty Williams. Um, God, I can't remember his name. Mike from Denver. I can't remember his last name off the top of my head. Um, I think he's he's pretty good. Um, I think I think Budenholzer is very good for Milwaukee. It's I think not. There's no coach named Mike in Denver. It's, it's Michael, Michael Malone. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's will, my bad. Mike. Mike said you will call me Michael, please. Thanks. Sorry if you're offended by that. Um. He's all right, but they haven't won. Um. I I think there's one elite coach in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's Steve Kerr. I, I think he is by far the best coach in the NBA right now. I look in the East. I think Doc Rivers is a really good coach. Yeah. I, I don't think he's an elite mm. coach. I yeah. look at Steve Nash. I don't know yet. Um, I look at Billy Donovan. Nah, he's a, he's a good coach. Monty Williams is the one who's who is consistently underrated. He makes timely adjustments. He runs a good rotation. His right. players play for him. He's also got a really good general manager well. that goes out and addresses issues on his roster. Yeah, that I mean, might be true. When you're but, and this is the Phil Jackson yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Like I, I having covered Phil, I, I can tell you he's the best coach I've ever seen coach any sport ever. But part of that was that he always had it's not your superstars, right? Donovan Mitchell, if Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were your biggest problems, you'd be world champion multiple times. Your issues are the bottom, you know, sixty percent of your roster. Yeah. That's been the same roster for years. Right. I mean, your your starters have never improved and your bench has has been mediocre for how many years? Yeah. So you look at you look at Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, well, I thought James Wiseman was the 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 unicorn. Well, then they got Jonathan Kaminga. And I'm like, God, dog. Yeah. Bob Myers is a freaking fantastic general manager. You know, so I look at the the best teams and the best coaches. They're rare. Yeah. You know, I mean, Eric Spolstra is a hell of a coach. Yeah. But Pat Riley does a great job going and getting talent. Yeah. You know, like I look at Tom Thibodeau, terrible coach, terrible coach in a terrible organization. Terrible. Terrible. You know, like those those coaches are unicorns. I, I And I know it pisses Jazz fans off when I say that Phil Jackson and Steve Kerr are elite head coaches. They are. I mean, you, you look at where... Golden State is. They're on, in the midst of a terrible run right now. I think they're one ten and one in there, or something stupid like yeah. that. 
And they're playing horrible basketball. Oh, by the way, they're, you know, they're second in the West. You know, I think, are they third in the West now? I think they're third right now. Yeah, Memphis has moved up because of that loss last night. I mean, yeah, they're, they've lost five in a row at Golden State. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Two and eight in their last ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it to me, I, I, I just think Quinn Snyder, if you're not going to vastly improve his roster, you need to let him go. Yeah. You need to change. If you're going to, if you're going to, and as I've said a hundred times on this show, I I get rid of everybody but Donovan Mitchell. The mm. guy is the guy has the the potential to be a top five player in the NBA. Yeah, he's not going to be KD, but how many are there? None. He has the potential to be right there, nipping at the the heels of those guys. I would never trade Donovan Mitchell. I just wouldn't. All right, couple more comments, then we have to get to gambling in the NFL. Uh, Mr. E says, by any means, I would put Gay over Pascal. And local media simply ignores the Snyder decisions. It's pathetic. Why Rudy Gay over Eric Pascal? I mean, just in athletic ability alone, I think Eric Pascal gives you significantly more. Significantly more athletic ability. Rebounding. I mean, essentially, they've shot the three just as effectively. Yeah. Because Rudy Gay just hasn't played a lot. And Eric Pascal brings you an edge and an energy that Rudy Gay just doesn't have. Yeah. I like Rudy Gay, but he's not the small ball center we we all thought we were getting. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm not saying you're wrong, Mr. E. I just I think we probably disagree on that. Um George Mesquia says hello from Georgia, the country of Georgia. He's a brilliant guy. Okay. Hello. Georgia and the Russian territories. By the way, not to get off track here. Yeah. We're going to talk about gas stations in like 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Shell has halted all its purchases. And, they have. And, and, and uh, have closed all its gas stations in Russia. So we're going to get to that. I, I will never buy Shell gas again. I, I'm just so upset about it. Anyway, Caleb says Utah Jazz, cool team to cheer for. Uh, can win on any given night, number one in the NBA for offensive efficiency, but we lose trying to wrap my uh, head around how we make it to the Western Finals without playing perfect. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't, Caleb. And you need to get rid of that Rudy Gobert jersey. Yeah. Okay, look. We're really focused on Philadelphia right now. Caleb, you're a smart guy. And so I'm just, you know, I I, I just don't understand the 27. I, I. yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I, I mean, it, it, it must be and I could be wrong. It must be they were out of George Niang the day that you bought Rudy Gobert's jersey. Me. Right. That, I mean, that, obviously, you would be a bigger fan of the minivan. Well, that and you can't tell me you couldn't have found a, a Gordon Hayward jersey that was on clearance. <laughs> I'll stop. I'm being a jerk. You are. Uh, Rudy and Vanessa says, who's the best and worst matchup for the Jazz in round one? Well, the best matchup would be. <laughs> it's, got, it's hard to say after last night, bro. <laughs> we had this exact conversation yesterday. Um, right now, it would be the Jazz and the Mavericks. The Jazz would have home court. If they have home court, I'll take the Mavericks. What, wait, if Dallas has home court? If the Jazz have home court, I'll take the Dallas Mavericks as the matchup in round one. Oh, okay. If the Jazz fall out of that five spot or into the five spot, you're in trouble. You, anyway, you slice it. If I could have any team in the West right now, I'd take. I'd probably take. 
I mean, the Lakers are a wreck. But the problem is Russell Westbrook is so fast, he ran right by you. Malik Bro, Monk, what are you like, talking about, man? Carmelo Anthony, LeBron, like I – so this is the thing that's difficult. I want to say I'd take the, the Houston Rockets if I could match up with any team. Well, we all know how that almost ended, right? In a seven-game series, you'd probably beat them in five, right? But they're not in the playoffs. I should say the New Orleans Pelicans, but we saw how that ended. Keep in, it real. In a seven-game series, <laughs> are you convinced that you would beat the New Orleans Pelicans four times in seven games? I would like to think you could. I'd like to say the same thing about the Lakers. I'd like to say the same thing about the Clippers. Other than that, I want nothing to do with the Timberwolves. No. Nothing to do with the uh, Warriors, Grizzlies, or Suns. I want nothing to do with the, the Grizzlies. No. Not a thing. If it ended today, to be Grizzlies and Lakers. All right. Well, LeBron, I hope you have a nice offseason, and we'll see you next <laughs> Enjoy year. your summer, and, Russ. Uh, yeah. Right now, the matchups would be Suns and Pelicans, Grizzlies and Lakers, Warriors and Clippers, Jazz and Timberwolves. Pack your shit. Let's go. Mavericks and Nuggets. That's not a good matchup. I, I can honestly say I'd take the Timberwolves in that series. If it was Jazz and Timberwolves in round one, Yeah, I don't know about all that. Yeah, I'm good. That's right. why I said, that's why I said, man, you don't want the Jazz in a 3-6 matchup with Denver. Maybe Denver is the team I would take. Yeah. Denver, yeah, find me Denver. I I don't know. I don't think there's an easy it's the NBA, man. There's no easy matchups. There's not. I mean, it, it just it is what it is. Um Caleb says, let's be honest. He needs the support. Did you see how the Mavs were booing him last night? Uh, grew up Michigan loving Ben Wallace and Rudy Gobert. Okay, wait. You grew up in Michigan. And you rooted for, for Ben Wallace. Okay, he lifts. He's got huge biceps. Right. He had an amazing afro. Do you even lift? I mean, his voice is only comparable to Barry White. There's a lot to like about Ben Wallace. Right. But then you said, and Rudy Gobert. Right. How did you even find Rudy Gobert? Like, I, I don't even know how you find him. How do you accidentally – you live in Michigan. Oh, and you're a Red Wings fan. That's right. Whatever. I yeah, I follow Caleb on Instagram, and he had on a Detroit Red Wings T-shirt the other day. What are you, Musk? It's offensive to come on this show and comment. Well, it was disappointing – I mean, it was I, disappointing. I, I don't know. I, I don't like you obviously know this is a Chicago show, right? Like Michael, the Hawks, the double doink in Chicago. Why? Like, Why? Like the Arlington Park Bears. <laughs> like, you know, all this stuff. So there we go. the idea that you would roll up in a Red Wings jersey, you know, it no, just... it's even worse. It's a T-shirt. You're casual. Yeah. As a, as a Red Wing fan. OK, there are not many fans. Okay, go ahead and order your Little Caesars pizza. We get it. We're on to Cincinnati. But to, to buy a Red Wings t-shirt. <laughs> what, were they sold out of the Minnesota North Stars that day? Like, Come on, man. <laughs> um, Eric DeVera says Ben Wallace. Do you remember how big Ben Wallace's biceps were? Oh, yeah, dude. God damn. Oh, yeah. I am not arm wrestling. <laughs> That's pretty much self-explanatory. See, I always had a thing for guys that had huge afros growing up. Like, I loved, 
I always wanted like a mohawk or an afro. And my mom was like, no, little Timmy, um, you know, we're Catholics in this house. So you better check yourself. We don't do those Satan worshiping things like get cool haircuts. <laughs> Asshole. Anyway, uh, and Garcy says Rudy is literally one of a kind. The only one dimensional player I've ever seen. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> and Garcy. <laughs> you are guy. on brand. My guy. You are on That's brand. Hilarious, he also though. says Luca's mom. Mm, yes, please. Hey. Okay. Uh, Eric C says, can we get an RSL update? No, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, uh, but if the Ricketts family who owns the Chicago Cubs buys my Chelsea football club, I'm going to – I, I promise you on air, I will burn something Chicago Cubs. Because <laughs> I fucking hate the Ricketts family. Pricks. Doesn't make you feel responsible. Anyway. Okay, they, they – uh, okay, and Garcy's comment got filtered by YouTube. Do I, do I show it? Yeah, show it. And Garcy's comment was, Ben was banging with Shaq down low. <laughs> and Garcy, why do you care about Ben Wallace's sex life? I don't understand it. What him and Shaq did banging down low is none of my business. Well, Can't, oh, he meant in the pan, basketball. Keep oh. it real. My bad. I'm, See, you thought you that know, they were, I'm, you know, cohabitating. And, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and stuff yes. and together. Your mom. Uh, Cam Harrison says, uh, good guys, we need Mo Bamba shout out, please. Yeah. You know, like we get it. Shout to Mo Bamba. Bro. Shout to Mobamba. Okay, can we talk about Calvin Ridley, please? Yeah. Make sure you hit subscribe. Um, give us a thumbs up if you're here. We appreciate that. Um, Josh, why? <clears throat> Sorry, that was a tick. Don't be rude. Isn't the Jets owner interested in Chelsea? What would be worse? The Jets owner. Wait, yeah, we're focused on the Jets no, today. No, you know what would be? Actually, the Cubs owner. Because what would be awesome, the Jets suck and they'll always suck, and then he goes and buys Chelsea Football Club and they win a championship. They win Too like, fucking bad, They man. win the Premier League. They win multiple, you know, European Champions championship. League. Yeah, that'd be amazing. You know. Cam, uh, Chris Carn says, why the hate for the Ricketts? Are they moving to Arlington? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. How, Chris Carn doesn't comment a lot. Bet you weren't expecting this one. <laughs> but he rolls in here with like a hot knife and sticks it in the butter. Oh. And I'm just like. Take that, you clap having Jezebel. <laughs> exactly, Chris. Exactly. Uh, Calvin Ridley. He's just a hack. Wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons. Well, at least not this coming year. Suspended for a year by the National Football League for gambling. Mm. So you know the story of Calvin Ridley, and I say this in all seriousness because mental illness is nothing to joke about. Mm -hmm. He took the back half of this past season off to deal with mental health and get his life in order. Right. That was in October. Mm -hmm. In November, apparently getting his life together meant placing an eight-team parlay in the NFL. I had dingers. That includes the Atlanta Falcons not good dude that he lost i think fifteen hundred dollars mm -hmm. and the nfl found out about it and suspended him now there's a couple things you need to know well yeah. who narked him out 
Well, the sports books that he placed the bets with is who narked him out. Because there's a system in place that if NFL players bet on NFL games, they have to tell the NFL. So they got on AOL and told the NFL, apparently, by that soundbite. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting that they suspended him a year. He bet on the Atlanta Falcons. I I think this is the only rule that I view as black and white. Yes, you bet. Okay, you're suspended. Oh, you didn't bet. Okay, you're not suspended. He bet on his own team. Okay, he's suspended for five years. Like, I would suspend him. He bet on the Atlanta Falcons. I would suspend him heavily for that. If he had just been on other teams in the NFL, okay, that's bad. That's really bad. But it's not nearly as bad as betting on your own team. Mm-hmm. And I think that you cannot allow athletes to bet. As a Chelsea football fan, I can tell football club fan, I can tell you right now, betting in, in European football is highly illegal mm-hmm. by athletes. Betting on on almost any level in Major League Baseball, it's the Pete Rose rule. Yep. Highly illegal. Yep. These guys know the rules. There are signs plastered all over locker rooms. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It's the only rule you can't break. Yeah, I think that I, I I think that for any sports league, I mean it, the the integrity and the fans' trust in the game being being decided on the floor, not by officials, not by corruption or anything, is paramount. I mean, again, think about how much revenue comes through uh, the National Football League through gambling, through some random guy in Oklahoma betting on his favorite football team. You know. Like, that's a ton of revenue for the league, and I think that, you know, for all of its faults, the NFL hasn't really had issues with gambling. And I think that it's very, as you can tell, very aggressive about making sure it doesn't continue to have issues with gambling. So I understand the suspension. You know, at face value, it feels heavy-handed, but you kind of start to understand. Like, you you can't give him three games for betting on the Falcons when he's a Falcon, you know? It's got to be, it's got to be heavy handed. So yeah, I guess I agree with it. You know, I, I, I definitely agree with the concept that that's basically the only rule you can't break, you know, and he broke it. Yeah. And I think it's kind of a, it's not the best look to say you left the team to get your mental health in order. And while you were trying to get your mental health in order, you were gambling on the NFL as an NFL player. Yeah, and by the way, you're not just some Jamoke NFL player. I mean, you're you're someone who's a name, you know. And by the way, it also should be said as part of the story, the Falcons were looking at trading him, and they knew about this story on February 8th. They knew That's this was an fascinating. Issue. And they said no to multiple teams in good faith. And so I give the the Falcons front office and ownership a lot of credit for that because it would have been easy to deal Ridley and, and screw another team over. 100% that would have been easy to do, but they didn't do that. So, you know, it, it, it's frustrating, uh, but I think it's very straightforward which is highly unusual for the NFL, as we all know. Most of the time, these are very controversial issues. Well, and I think Coach Levern brings up a great point. Ridley gets a year suspension for gambling, but players can beat their wives, girlfriends, and or kids and get four games. We're on to Cincinnati. It, it's amazing. It's NFL culture. It is. Absolutely. Trying to get his mental health and wallet in order, Yeah, Eric says, apparently. Yeah. Caleb says, you cheer for Chelsea FC? Yes, passionately. Passionately. Ain't no way, man. Manchester United all day. Do you have the block button? Yeah, how do we or... block? <laughs> Too bad. Eric, he says, Aston Villa right here. John Terry. 
Uh, Jesus Christ destroys communism, says, I'm trying to picture Monty with a sly and family stone afro. I would love one. That's out of the window. I mean, I have like a, a pube fro. A but pube that's, fro. That's like if you felt these balls. Not the same thing. It, a pube fro. I should probably just move on. Uh, La- and- <laughs> yesterday, we got a pet the fish reference. Today, we've got a pube fro. Um, I'm proud of mine. Damn. Eric and Raleigh says Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, uh, guys. I never have to worry about you bragging about your team. Uh, Eric C. says Ridley will be a cowboy in 2023. Yeah, you already know that. Betting on the Falcons is a problem for anyone. Yes, it is. If betting on that mean if betting if he is betting that means Hello. other players are betting therefore NFL had to make an example out of him yes Caleb says Aston Villa is irrelevant JK man they are not bad uh, and Garcy says I be smooth like eggs <laughs> okay Josh Lovren says could you imagine the PR shit show in Atlanta trading Ridley knowing his band coming oh my God it's cold blooded dude. And I, I think Caleb nailed it. Caleb nailed it, even though he's a Red Wing fan. Um, he is right. If Ridley's betting, other players are betting. And if Ridley is betting, is he calling other players like, hey, man, I got you in that parlay today, A-teamer. Let's go. Fake a knee injury in the fourth quarter if you guys are up by more than 21. Pull up off ears. I got the under. Pretend you shit your pants. Cold-blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. You know, like, that's the stuff that you got to avoid. Yep. Uh, Eric C. says, do we all manscape here? Shit's no. such a hassle and annoying, but got to do it, bro. Well okay, said. so I actually have the weed whacker trimmer thing. The um, weed whacker. It doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you right now, that'll put some dings in your phone pole, and it is, <laughs> it is not, no. uh, you know. Nah, you know. I'm good. I'm good. You know. No. Yeah, the, the, yeah, no. Nah. Keep the blade sharp. Um, yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out. Yeah, I don't know how you describe that. Yeah, I'm good. I don't. Um, So I think we all agree you should have been suspended. All right, let's talk about gas and shell oil. Because I'm actually a gas guy. I eat a lot of beans. I have my fiber in the morning. Right. You know, I'm gassy. Right. No, seriously. Uh, I take my gasoline, my fuel. You don't call it. It's not gas. It's fuel. It's not an engine. It's a motor. No brake. It's a motor. Right. Uh, My gas I take very seriously. Uh, So usually I buy from Chevron as much as I can uh, because I think their gas does really well in my motor. Um, So I have a a V6 twin turbo Audi Mm -hmm. that requires 91 keep it real yeah so i don't mind paying it it's just the cost of doing business right i won't be doing business with shell gas anymore because they bought a hundred thousand i believe pounds of oil many 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 barrels from russia you just gave a gift to the russians i believe it was last thursday Uh uh-huh so wait you knew that they had invaded ukraine you knew that the world was coming together against them you promised us you weren't going to buy Russian oil, and you did anyway. And not only did you buy Russian oil, you bought it at a huge discount because nobody else was buying it. So I can't buy Shell Oil anymore. Am I being ridiculous? I don't think you're being ridiculous, and it should be stated that there was an update that came out that said Shell halts purchases of Russian crude oil and closes its gas stations in the country. So obviously, egg on your face, 
you know, you're you're doing this now because you're trying to save face, right? I mean, that's that's what this looks like. And I think, you know, your question, are you being ridiculous? No, I mean, I don't think you're being ridiculous. I mean, this is the same conversation as not eating it in and out because of their practices and their beliefs and who they fund and where yeah. their money go. Like, it's the same conversation. And it's like, it goes back to that, you know, for you longtime listeners, you may remember this. I intentionally said we're not buying, when, when we gave away the Traeger Smoker, we did not buy that Traeger smoker at Home Depot because Home Depot supports the RNC. And I was not about to give $1,000 to Home Depot to go to the RNC. So we went to a small local business, Barbecue Pit Stop, and we gave them our money for that giveaway. So it's I don't, I'm a big believer in this concept of like, okay, if you're you know a big company and you're going to be giving the Russians billions of dollars in this case— when the Russians are killing innocent people and invading a country for literally zero reason, I can't shop at your store anymore. I can't give I can't put your fuel in my car. I can't do it. You know, and, and I think that I think that's just a, a, a it's an easy concept to understand. And I'm sure there's a bunch of examples of this. You know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, with all due respect to our favorite snowboard shop, Salty Peaks, we're not shopping there anymore because of what dude does in the in, in the community. Yeah. So. You know, it's that same concept. So I don't think you're being ridiculous. I got the number of t pounds wrong. I said 100,000 pounds of Russian oil. Okay, right, right, right. It's 100,000 metric tons of Russian crude. Okay, so what's a metric ton? From the largest producer of Russian oil. Last Thursday, they bought it. A metric ton is 2,204 pounds. They bought a hundred thousand metric tons, bro. So, twenty-two oh four times a hundred thousand. It's ridiculous. Holy crap, dude! Two hundred twenty million pounds. I I don't even know how you of, of crude. I don't even know how you. How many barrels is that? I don't know. If that is. That's 845,000 barrels of oil. 845,000 barrels of oil. I can't shop at, at Shell anymore. And I'm probably being ridiculous about it. Okay, fine. But I'm going to do business with people who don't do business with Russia. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. It's why I continue to do business with American Express. It's why I continue to do business with Apple. It's why I continue to... And you in know. this case, it'd be Chevron. You yeah. Know, that's that's the place that's not doing business with Russia in mobile. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That is crazy that that happened. I just, I'm shocked by it. I am shocked. 845,000 barrels of oil they bought from Russia. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it just is, it shows a complete lack of appreciation and, and willingness to do the right thing. And that, and that's kind of the point here. Like, and then you, but the thing is they apologize. So, okay, let's go buy shell gas. Nah, fuck off. Um, your apology at this point seriously that's the problem you're saving face you're 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 apologize it's like it's like what you know uh what the tyree kill situation or it's like any of these nfl players who do what they you know greg hardy or whatever what you're not you're, i'm not gonna go and buy your jersey after you beat the hell out of some innocent woman and i feel like we talk about this a lot and i understand that i buy apple products and they have people that jump off of factory roofs mm-hmm I understand that I buy, I have Nike Air Max 90s on my feet right now. I understand that those shoes are made in not very good conditions. 
So I understand that a lot of the things I buy on Amazon are Chinese products. Totally get that. I have very little ability to inflict my will. And when you stop buying gasoline from Shell, you're inflicting your will. It's a $100 billion industry for those guys. I can inflict my will. Um, for real, Eric C. Eric C. says, barbecue pit stop sounds hella RNC. I don't know if they are or not. Bar I'm, bar I'm going to barbecue pit stop instead of Let's Home say Depot. that they are RNC. Let's say that they are, right? Just for example's sake. At least then I'm giving my money to a small local business, Right. If I'm gonna, if my money is going to the RNC, well, at least it went through a local business that I can help put food on their family's table, you know. At that point, like that, like that's the core issue in that example. Well, and this is what we talk about with Apple. Apple's a really good example of this. We know the conditions that go into making Apple products. Yeah. Right. And the issue is that, okay, so do we stop buying Apple products altogether? Nobody ever buys another Apple product made in China in Japan, in Vietnam, in any other countries you want to point to, Indonesia, Malaysia. We're past that now. What happens to all the people who are making those phones? Yeah. What happens to their families and their jobs and their way of life? It declines. It doesn't improve. And everybody says, this is the thing I say about Nike and everybody else. Well, slave-like conditions. Okay, so what happens if we ne nobody ever buys another Nike product that's made in Vietnam? Those people lose their jobs. Do you think that they have unemployment? Doesn't work that way. But specifically with this Shell situation, you put billions of dollars into the hands of the Russians that they're going to turn around and they're going to put into more artillery shells and more tanks and more people in Ukraine. And if you have, if you don't keep up with the news in Ukraine, I'm not going to get into it. But I am in no way, shape, or form going to support a war effort against Ukraine. Yeah. Especially with the Russians. And, you know, already I, I see the comment about, well, why did, you know, why did <clears throat> it's Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin was, you know, he didn't invade because he was scared of Trump. No. No. Why did he wait until Trump was out of office to invade Ukraine? Think about that for 10 seconds. Why did Vladimir Putin wait for Donald Trump to be out of office to invade Ukraine? Because he was scared Donald was going to kick his ass. No, because if Donald Trump had won re-election, what's the first thing he would have done? Withdrawn from NATO. Which would have done what to NATO? Crippled it. Which would have allowed Vladimir Putin to do anything he wants. Donald Trump would have withdrawn in January of 2021, Donald Trump would have withdrawn from NATO without question. Unequivocally, there's not even a second guess. Nobody second guesses that. If he'd have won, he'd have been out of NATO. If he'd have won, what's the other thing he would have done? He would have pulled back all of his climate change efforts, which would have done what? Allowed vastly more Russian oil to be pumped. <clears throat> vastly more. So we can sit here and we can play this game about, you know, you know, oh, Joe Biden, he's old. He may be old. That's very true. But this is not Joe Biden's fault. So stop saying that. And if you are enabling countries that enable or if you're enabling companies that enable Russia. 
You're saying you're okay with people being murdered in Ukraine because that's what's happening there. Simple as that. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, for real, Giggity says, I guess Shell's $19 billion profit in 2021 wasn't enough. Guess not. Is it ever? Uh, James Knight said it's called moral standards, Jake. I agree. Mm -hmm. A metric ton equates to 7.4 barrels. Okay. Okay. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, I greatly overestimated LOL. Just to clarify, they bought 100,000 metric tons, yeah. which is 845,000 barrels. Um, you know, which if you look at just the, you know, if you look at, no, I'm not even going to get into it. The no. money that they made on this purchase is ridiculous. Um, Chris Carn says if we boycotted, good Lord. Comment dumb. Dumb. If I boycotted every company I did not agree with, I would have to live off the land. You would. Yeah. Jared Jensen said, did Putin win the PS5? He did. How did you guys know that? Dude, I, I, it's amazing that you guys know that. Eric C. says, you got to raise those moral standards, Karn. Everybody each on their own. Eric and Raleigh says, Monty, Chevron Corp has no operation in Russia but owns 15% stake in the pipeline. No, they pulled out of that. <clears throat> they are no longer supporting that pipeline. And they so, didn't make money before they then pulled out of it, by correct. the way. Uh, it's not being ridiculous. It's called free market capitalism. Shell doesn't have a right to your business. Nobody does. I would agree with that. James Knight says blatant greed and gutter rat opportunistic filth by Shell. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jordan McDonald says, hello, casuals. Luca was flopping more than uh, his mom's Jordan. tiggle biddies. Jordan, you're late. I would agree with you're that. You're late. Though. I would agree with that. I mean, I agree with it, but Eric, you're late. Eric C. says, yeah, better the local business than the Home Depot. Chris yeah. Carn says, Jake, your money smoked two new U.S. Two new. Hello, Jake, your money smoked two New York USDA primes on Sunday. Let's Hell, go. Yeah, let's Karn. go. Way to go, let's buddy. Let's go. Um, Giggity says, Donnie was weakening everything that was helping keep Russia in check. First world problems and first world hypocrisy because we love Nike, iPhones, Amazon, and gasoline. We're all club members. Truth. Uh, yeah, didn't Trump cut off military funding to Ukraine? He did. Um, I mean, if you and I, I'm not trying to get this is not an anti-Trump thing. Facts are facts. I'm not trying to get into politics. All the moves that he made on the world political stage helped Russia. Facts. Including climate change. Include because as soon as he pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord, Russia could sell more oil to more more countries. Facts. Um, when you look at the Ukraine, hey, give me Hunter Biden's laptop. I'll, you know, we'll give you your military stuff back. Absolutely crippled them. Um, you look at his dealings with Xi Jinping in China, his obsession with winning a Nobel Peace Prize. All those things strengthened Russia, all of them. Um, you know, his his whole thing with Vladimir Putin on Ukraine. They had a, allegedly had an agreement in place. Um, where Russia would invade Ukraine. Donnie would, would get involved and mediate. Russia had a, would agree to pull out. They would nominate him for a Nobel Peace Prize. He would win. Russia would go right back into Ukraine. I mean, th these things are in the presidential record yeah. that he was trying to eat and shred and shit into the toilet. Like literally, he was trying to flush. He was trying to eat it so he could crap it out and flush it down the toilet. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I the other thing I think is interesting is the whole world is united against Vladimir Putin, which I don't think he accounted for. I don't think he was expecting that. No, 
But what also is interesting is I'm terrified that there's going to be a world war here because we've never had more nukes on this earth than we do now in the wrong hands, that is to say. And if you continue to support Ukraine, they don't need much help, which is shocking. They need, they need the, the United States allegedly is providing anti-aircraft equipment and training that's already on the ground in Ukraine. So, and you already see Russia having trouble with logistics, food, equipment, and whatnot. Katie yeah. says, different topic, but did you see the Kentucky teacher retirement value tank because they were heavily invested in Russia's large bank? I did see that. Only Mitch McConnell would allow that in his state. Turkey neck. Uh, more from Chevron. Chevron Loomis Global LLC, a joint venture between Chevron and Loomis Technologies, is very active in Russia with its refining technology license business. That may be true. That may I, don't, be true. I don't know. I don't know. I've, that, I've not heard that. I don't know about it. Um, DM us a link or something if you have that. Yeah, that would be great. There are a lot of people who work for Shell, too. There are, and I'm not going to support them. It's just not. Why wasn't Russia invited into NATO? That would have avoided a lot. No. No, actually, it wouldn't have avoided a lot. And this is a huge question. There's two, two sides of this coin. Why wasn't Ukraine invited in to NATO? Because that would have destabilized Europe. Because then if Russia had attacked Ukraine and there was there has been animosity since Ukraine became Ukraine, there's been animosity between them and Russia and Belarus uh, because Belarus is kind of a puppet. So the Belarus question is, is basically Russia. Yeah, essentially. Um, Ukraine was not invited into NATO because the NATO foundation basically says if you attack a NATO country, you attack all NATO countries. And the reason that Russia was not welcomed into NATO is because philosophically speaking, when you murder and kill people around the world um, and you oppress your people and you are a communist state um, who has a long track record of humanitarian atrocities, um, that generally means you're not qualified to enter NATO. <laughs> so war, on war crimes alone over the last 10 years, what happened in Crimea did we all forget about Crimea when the Russians annexed and took it over and said, fuck off, that's ours now? That kind of disqualifies you from entering NATO. And by the way, who was pushing Russia to join NATO? Who was going to sponsor them to join NATO? Anybody remember that? Yeah, Donald Trump was supporting NATO's inclusion in, or Russia's inclusion in NATO. Yeah. Guy, this is not rocket science. It's okay. Not. Uh, need to go back to Jackie Moon mindset. Uh, everybody loves everybody. Right. Ukraine right. was not invited to NATO specifically to avoid conflict with Russia. Correct. Jeremy Bolton says, I think the biggest thing we can learn from this whole shell Russia thing is that Alex Caruso is overrated. Well, I mean, that clearly Jeremy, is. Jeremy, I have to say, amazing. your dedication to the to the Alex Caruso headband bench mob guy is amazing. Every day you find the end. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so favorite desserts in every state because then we have to leave. Yeah, we got like two minutes here. This okay. Is, this is very quick. Two minutes. <laughs> Do you want to wait? No. Okay, right now in the comments, everybody, what is your favorite dessert? Three, two, one, go. Mine by far is Costco as apple pie with ice cream. Yep, same. same. By far, not close. If I'm going out, it's Mastro's uh, butter cake. Yes. Not even close. I could be talked into if you grab my fat rolls into eating some Cheesecake Factory cheesecake. Mm -hmm. And Garcy's favorite dessert is Luca's mom. Well, 
you know. Fat. Not a fan of sardines. Sorry. Um, she is much more the main course for a guy like that. So you know, Oreo cookies and cream. Mm. Fat. Jeremy Bolton says Luca's mom is my favorite. Fat. <laughs> Funky Orion says cheese. Okay. Oh. Jeremy Bolton says just oh. Um, I'm a big Oreo guy, but they just make me feel like shit now, so I don't eat them a whole lot. The favorite, according to this, this is the Huffington Post. Favorite dessert by state over the last 12 months. Utah, you're never going to guess what Utah's is. Jeremy Bolton already guessed it. What is it? Chocolate chip cookies. Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, this is so disappointing. Chocolate chip cookies is That's Utah's the best we favorite could do. dessert. Like, you've got banana pudding in Mississippi. You've got Texas sheet cake in Ohio. North Dakota is a banana okay. split. <laughs> what? Oh, please, do do, it, do I need to break out the InfoWars drops? No. So we, we, we do some business with Google. We oh, have some God. business we do with Google. Yeah. We were having some issues with Google. So we stopped doing business with Google two days Crack ago. Crack this thing up! We're out of here! Two days ago. They won't stop calling me now. Like this guy, I think his name is Parky from India. Who's probably a better kicker than Cody Parkey, you prick. I know what you're thinking. Uh, anyway, this guy Parkey from India has called me four times in two days. I couldn't get a Google guy on the phone for a month. <laughs> I stopped my Google products and he's like, oh, it's Parkey from India here to help you, buddy. Let's Daddy. get this done. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's go, man. Hey, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's fix it up. You guys are the best. Oh. Assholes. Man, uh, retention is a real thing at Google, huh? Yeah, and Garcy says you're the devil. Okay. Ruff's official says, of course, you guys quote the Puffington Post. Okay, because everything that you every, – every news outlet's fake news. We get it. We get it. Jeremy Bolton says, F banana pudding, sheet cakes, a good chocolate chip cookie is where it's at. I agree with Maryland, that. Maryland, funnel cake, Michigan, carrot cake, Missouri, M coconut Michi cake. What is up with people from Michigan? How is car – carrot cake is amazing, but it's not your favorite dessert. L Stop lying. Louisiana. Lausanne. Pralines. And Garcy wants to know if my auto, <laughs> auto warranty is expired. <laughs> and Garcy says green jello. Oh. Giggity says, got to try dipping your Oreos in peanut butter. See, the problem oh. is I've stopped eating peanut butter because it's amazing. Colorado Rice Krispie Treats. Oh, I get down with that. Justin Weaver says chocolate peanut butter ice cream. Mm. That's Jake all day. Mm -hmm. Raphael Ray says mixed br breakfast burrito. Wait, what? Nutter Butters, uh, a mixed breakfast burrito. I love, oof, love a burrito. Um, that comic got filtered. Mike says uh, Nutter Butters are better than Oreos. Oh, that's a controversial one. But now see, he it got depends, filtered. It I depends on it. what Oreo, because I think the golden double stuffed, that's I tough, have, That's the only one that I really love. Yeah. I like the lemon Oreos as well, the thin ones, mm -hmm. but the double stuffed golden Oreos are. <sighs> okay, yes. Giggity says, what's Mrs. Monty's favorite? Um, she's not here today. She actually had to go into the office. Ooh, got to go into the but office. But if I had to guess, Mrs. Monty's favorite dessert is ice cream. Yeah. Of some kind, almost any flavor. She loves ice cream. We never – see, we don't eat that stuff very often at all anymore because, well, I'm fat. And not, not eating that stuff – like, I've limited myself to 2,500 calories – or less, like yesterday, it was 2311 or whatever. I can't, 21. Makes me want to puke. It's terrible. It sucks. It's not fun. But I lost seven, six pounds, last seven pounds last week. 
Get your lazy ass in the gym. It is what it is. Um, Mrs. Monty's favorite dessert, Giggity, is ice cream by far. I can't eat anything with the name Nutter Butter. Josh, it's not nut butter, but you'll eat. <laughs> but you'll eat yogurt. You will. Anyway. All right, we gotta go. Miss. Okay, we do have to go. And Garcy, your message got blocked. I don't know what it said. Yeah, suck it. All right, thanks for watching. Please hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up if you're here right now. It helps the channel grow. Go get some shell gas. Uh, subscribe because we're giving away a P5, PS5. No, don't get shell gas, you prick. <laughs> we're giving away a PS5. Shop Chevron or yeah. or Harman's or, or mobile. Costco. Mobile is great. Anyway, there you go. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.